Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is Fight Night 2016, you know, and obviously it's not, you know, the night time. It's actually Ask Daydon Advice lunch hour. But, you know, everyone's been calling uh, this week's uh, third and final presidential debate, uh, you know, a, a fight night, you know, similar to, you know, what one would look forward to, you know, with a Floyd Mayweather, Pacquiao type of situation. I mean, these guys were going at it, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton. And, um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit today about about the debate, you know, uh, about some of the issues surrounding uh, the conversation about the debate. You know, there was a lot of, uh, surprisingly so, a lot of content uh, in this uh, in this debate, as opposed to uh, other ones, you know, I want to talk a little bit about their conversation on immigration. I want to talk a little bit about uh, abortion, you know, which we haven't heard a lot about in uh, in past debates, um, specifically uh, with abortion, specifically uh, late term abortions, partial birth abortions, which you know I don't really hear a lot of people discussing, unfortunately, because it's you know those are important topics. You know, those are important topics to know how your, you know, your particular candidate, you know, feels about that, you know what I mean, what their vote is regarding that type of legislation, because we're talking about life, and um, I think that's uh, something that, unfortunately, the media uh, shies away from, specifically because uh, they don't want, you know, people to know and identify their, you know, certain candidates with, you know, being in favor of, you know, cutting or snapping the spine of a, of a fetus that a baby that you know survives the the procedure and you know in different other different ways of uh disposing you know of those uh situations so I want to talk about that a little bit I want to talk a little bit more um you know just the aftermath of of the debate I've been seeing a lot of content on uh on social media um you know just you know who won who lost and if you notice I've, I you know I did a special after the first one. I did a special after the second debate. You know, those shows are available for uh, to listen to, you know, in the archives. I, I want to start it off with this. And, and, oh, and a little bit later I'll do, I want to do a couple of Ask on Advice questions. I um, haven't been able to do as many as I would have liked to uh, as of late. Um, so we'll do a couple of those. I want to talk a little bit about uh, some things going on, and you know, with race relations, I've added a new race rela- relations uh, segment to the show. Um, you know, with with Black Lives Matter and the conversations surrounding our community, I want to, you know, be an active voice in that, you know, in that conversation. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I want to talk a little bit later on about uh, some entertainment news. You know, Mary J. Blige she has been in the news uh, lately. She's uh, she filed for divorce from her husband. Um, and even though I discussed that a few weeks ago, I want to discuss the the recent conversation surrounding that, which is, uh, you know, her her husband Kendu is and his what many people are calling an astronomical request, you know, for you know spousal support. So I want to want to talk a little bit about that, offer my my thoughts on that, and then uh, you know we can get up out of here. I'm going to start off with, with you know with the politics. You know, I, I posted on Facebook, um, you know, during that, during during the actual debate, or maybe a little bit before the debate, and I said that, and I'll just read it. I said that I'm often asked how I feel about this election season. I said that as a Christian, when it comes to abortion, I'm pro-life. 
when it comes to homosexuality and same-sex marriage, I'm against it. I said that, therefore, under no circumstances would I ever support a candidate whose political platform conflicts with my spiritual beliefs. Okay? And, and let me just, I want to talk about that, but let me, or I went on to say that does that mean that I'm voting for Donald Trump? No. I said that, however, it means that it would be a cold day in hell before I'd ever vote for Hillary Clinton. And I just want to talk about that for a little bit. And, you know, and I'll be, be honest with you guys, I, I'll, I'll be really happy when this election season is over because it's it's added so much division or, you know, even more so than, than normal than normally exists within our, our community. But, you know, there's a lot of division over Republican versus Democrat or voting or not voting or Trump versus Clinton. I mean, you know, and it's all so ridiculous. You know, it's so ridiculous. And I say it's ridiculous, I mean, for so many reasons. But, I mean, one of the reasons why it's ridiculous is because the reality is, you know, the media has won. You know, the government has won. You know, they, they identified, you know, an agenda. They put a plan together, and they are executing that plan perfectly. The idea was to get Hillary Clinton into office by any means necessary. And, you know, they, they you know, handpicked this Donald Trump guy, you know, put him through the whole process and subjected him to this media, you know. I mean, it's, you know, this, this media, um, I don't even know what you want to call it. Like, he's under a microscope. Every little thing that he says, everything he does, no right or wrong, it's under the microscope. And so scrutinized is the word I was uh, looking for. And so you don't see that with Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? Like you don't, that's, it's just not, it's not that you don't see it. It doesn't happen, you know? And what, what has happened is, you know, you have, you have this agenda, you know, and, and the reason why they're doing this is because people don't like her. You know what I mean? Like no one, if you really think about it, no one really likes Hillary Clinton. In fact, statistically, you know, she's actually been rated and named the most unpopular, one of the most unpopular presidential candidates in all of history. And then there's a reason for that. You look at, you know, they do these polls or whatever. They say, you know, this percentage of people distrust Hillary Clinton. It was like 70% of people distrust Hillary Clinton. And so, and my thing is, it's like, okay, so all these people distrust her, but then people don't go any further. They, it's like they stop there. It's like, okay, okay, she lies. Well, okay, she can't be trusted. Well, okay, she did this. All right, but we got Donald Trump as the alternative, and that's the that's the plan. You know what I mean? Because without Donald Trump as that fallback guy for people to say, but you know, this super dishonest person is running against this super racist or super misogynist or super assault guy. You know what I mean? Like, without that, there is no Clinton. There is no person to say, well, she's running it. It's just you really have to take a – it would force people to take a closer look at why she's dishonest. What, what exactly has she lied about? You know, what What was really in these emails? You know what I'm saying? But whereas now people aren't forced to do that because there's this Donald Trump guy that people, you know, the media has said you absolutely can't vote for. So it's like putting people, you know, in between a rock and a hard place, you know, or as, as what's become popular to say, 
forcing people to choose the lesser of two evils, which is, you know, just a stupid, stupid thing to say. You know, it's just stupid all around. And my, one of my things is that I, I want to encourage people to get out of this whole thing, this whole bullying campaign that social media has put people through, that the government puts people through, you know, the mainstream media, you know, your families, your friends. It's like you, you're forced to vote. And I have never, ever, ever subscribed to that. Okay, you listen, guys. First, I mean, first of all, there's election day isn't just the presidential election. There are other things to vote for. There are other ways to exercise. Like if you want to honor your ancestors and your grandparents and your parents, there are other ways to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to actually vote. You don't have to vote for the actual president of the United States. You can vote for your local senator, your congressman, you know, judge. You know, I mean, you can vote for different policies. I mean, if you really want to vote and exercise your right just specifically to honor those who came before, there are plenty of ways to do that without actually voting for, ironically, the one category, excuse me, category that you don't actually have control over. You know what I'm saying? The Electoral College elects the President of the United States. So really, your vote does not matter for the President of the United States. Okay, let's let's stop the foolishness. There's a huge, huge media campaign, media propaganda campaign that goes on. I understand the electoral process. It does not matter. Now, yes, if you want to get involved on a local level, sure, your vote is going to go a lot further, you know, on the local level. But don't buy into this foolishness. You know, the, the presidential. I mean, there's so many different factors. I mean, presidents are selected. You know, by by the establishment, by billionaires, by lobbyists, by these corporation heads, they get together and say, "Okay, here here are our interests. We're going to put, we're going to invest billions of dollars, millions and millions and millions of dollars into a candidate, and that's our guy. That's going to be our candidate. Okay, and to to elect this person, we're going to give money to the campaign. We're going to you know influence the media. We're going to you know do X, Y, and Z. And based on all of these things that we're going to do, we're going to control and influence the election." And that's what you're seeing with Hillary Clinton. So you would be a fool. You would, I mean, no disrespect, but you would be a fool to think that these billionaires, that the actual people who control the world, who control certainly this country, but really the world, if they have chosen someone, right, to to be president, to be to take on this this role for the next four to eight years, and they've invested billions of dollars, if you think that there's anything you can do to change that, you know what I'm saying? You are sad, or or if you think that they, you know, that they would even leave that up to chance, that they would leave that up to in the hands of people like you and me, you're you, you're extremely naive and unfamiliar with how the world works. Now, again, if you want to get together on your local level and elect your your local senator, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, uh, a judge or something like that. Okay, sure. I don't want to discourage people from voting, but you have to at the same time, I know how the system works. The system on the on the highest level absolutely does not work the same as it does on a local level. You have to understand that. Okay, so that's the first thing. Now going back to my initial statement is when I look at things, see for me, okay, I when I when I even entertain these guys, like I said, it's already it's all fun and games. It's all you know, a dog and pony show. 
You know what I mean? It's all, you know, this is reality TV that we're watching playing out. It's already decided. It's going to be what it's going to be. Hillary Clinton, congratulations. She's our next president of the United States. Like, that that really was never in jeopardy. You guys can all relax, okay? Just take a chill pill, as they used to say, right? She's going to be president. That's obvious at this point. So you can just relax, you know? But my thing is, even when I am gathering an opinion on, you know, my thoughts and who I, you know, would even remotely support, you know, I'm going to look at, you know, presidential on any level. I'm going to look at my face first, right? Because, and and that's just me, that's how I feel like we should all be. You know, I feel like we should all look at our face first. We should all, when you know, pick pick what drawers you're going to put on, you should pray. When you walk across the street, you should pray. You get in your car, you should pray. When you turn on TV, you should pray. You know, whatever you do, you should consult God. And so my thing is if you're choosing a political candidate, why would you choose your bank account? Why would you choose finances over your spiritual beliefs? I don't understand that. So for me, I'm going to look at, okay, this is, this is your political platform. How does this mesh with my beliefs as a Christian? Right? I mean, that's what I would do. So if I see someone, I'm going to look at their, their, their credentials. I'm going to look at their, their beliefs, their platform. I'm like, okay, well, how do you feel about abortion? Okay. How do you feel about same-sex marriage, homosexuality? Now, these are you know, major things that obviously God is not for. But, I mean, I don't think there's a debate there. You know what I mean? These are obviously things the Bible speaks out against, you know, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, you know, men laying with men, things of that nature, you know, sexual, you know, sexual, you know, perversion, idolatry, you know, all types of things um, that the, that God speaks out against, specifically in the Old Testament. And so if I see someone who's not just for these things, but they are actually championing, you know, for gay rights, same-sex marriages, like they're actually lobbying and, you know, making it their passion. Well, <laughs> you said, like, I don't, for me, there's no, there's nothing else to talk about. You know what I mean? There's nothing else to talk about. You know, now, does that mean I'm going to automatically vote for someone else, the, the person who's immediately running against this person? No, not necessarily, but it, 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 for me, again, not for everybody, but for me, that immediately disqualifies me from cosigning. Because when you press that little button, Right when you when you put, attach your your stamp of approval by pressing that button next to that person's name, you are saying I support this person, and I support their political platform. Okay, that's what you're saying. Whether you you know believe that, like it or not, that's what you're saying. So if someone is championing gay rights, they're championing you know the killing of babies through abortion, and you press that little button. For Hillary Clinton, you are saying, I support that. Whether you like it or not, that's what they stand for. You vote for that person. You support that person. You can't support someone but without supporting their their political and spiritual platform. You can't do that. And I know this show isn't going to be popular. This isn't what people want to hear, but, I mean, this is, this is true. You know, you know what I mean? It's true. You cannot go to a church where the pastor has certain beliefs and and preaches those beliefs from the pulpit, and you continue to go to that church, you call yourself a member of that church, you claim that church, you are then subscribing to that person's 
beliefs. You're putting money in that offering plate. You are co-signing that person's beliefs. So you better make darn sure that that's what you believe as well. You know, and the, the biggest problem that I have with society is that most people out there have no idea what Hillary Clinton believes. There's a, I mean, I, and I do this. You know, like I talk to people. I, you know, I'm, I'm active in social media. I talk to people. I'm out there in the community. And you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't be surprised, there are very, very, very few people who actually have any idea what Hillary Clinton's political platform is, or even Barack Obama's for that matter, because really it's the same. That's the irony of this whole thing. People love Barack, but hate Hillary. I'm like, they have the same platform. You know, Hillary Clinton is basically a Barack Obama third term. You know, and so which I have to under, which is a whole problem in and of itself, seeing as though Barack Obama trashed Hillary Clinton, exposed much of her her, you know, the same lies and corruption that Donald Trump is exposing today about Hillary Clinton. Barack Obama exposed all of those same issues in 2008, which is the exact reason why no one voted for her and so many people voted for Barack, because he exposed her as, as being corrupt. And it's, like I said, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone because, it's like, this was only a few years ago. It was just a few, like, everyone remembers Barack being elected, but no one remembers the things Barack said about Hillary. That's amazing to me. That is absolutely amazing. How do you remember Barack? but not remember the criminality and the corruption that Barack Obama and Michelle Obama exposed back in 2008. How does that get thrown out the window? So, again, for me, you know, like I said, you know, homosexuality, abortion, even gun rights, you know, even gun rights, you know what I'm saying? Like Donald Trump said this. Donald Trump said this on, on, uh, on Wednesday. He said, you know, the Second Amendment is under attack right now. They are attacking, you know, our fundamental right to bear arms. You know, they're not going to tell you that right now. You know, they may want to make it seem like it's just, you know, they want certain minor, you know, adjustments in the in policies and in law. But the reality is that's just the foundation of it. That's just the ground floor. We're going to, you know, we're going to see so many restrictions. The ultimate goal is to, to, to disarm the, the citizens. You know, that's the goal. That's what, you know, that what their ultimate end game is. And so we have to understand that. And as a gun owner and, and gun enthusiast myself, I feel like, we should not allow that. You know, if I want to have a hundred round drum, you know, and, and go to the gun range with my friends, hey, guess what? I should be able to do that. I'm not going to go shoot up a school. I'm not going to do the, you know what I mean? But if I want to be able to do that, that's my constitutional right. If I want to keep a, a hundred rounds, you know, loaded up under my mattress in case the government decides to enslave the people, guess what? That's what the Second Amendment is for, to protect yourself against the government. So I should not, I should be allowed to do that, you know. And so politically, that's another reason why I cannot support someone, whether it's Hillary Clinton or anyone, with, you know, an agenda that conflicts with either my, you know, personal beliefs and most importantly, my spiritual beliefs. All right, now, you know, it's, well, you voting for Donald Trump. Listen, guys, listen, I have no problem. And I don't subscribe to the bullying I don't subscribe to the, the social media propaganda, the mainstream media propaganda. I don't care. If I, listen, if I was going to go vote for Donald Trump and I you know, supported him, trust and believe I would say that. You know, I have no problem saying that whatsoever. But that's just not the case. You know, and I feel like it's okay to criticize someone 
you know, whether it's Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, it's okay to criticize someone without that automatically meaning you're voting for the other person. That's that's like that's idiotic to me. You should not be oh so oh so you're voting for Donald Trump. Who said I was voting for either one of them? You see what I'm saying? And so hopefully people will, you know, understand that you're you're allowed to do whatever you want to do. You know, we should not ever feel bullied. The biggest irony is that there's this whole anti-bullying campaign going on around the country, and and but yet all they do is bully you into voting. You know, it's like, oh, are you voting? Make sure y'all vote. Get registered to vote. I say, okay, yeah, I'm registered. I'm voting for Donald Trump. They say, what? No, don't vote. You shouldn't be voting. What do you? You just told me to register to vote. You just gave me this form to register. Now, now you're telling me you don't want me to register. See, the reality is people only want you registered to vote when you're registered to vote for who they want you to vote for. That's that's what that's all about. They don't people people do not and I'm so sick of the lies and the foolishness. People don't care if you vote. No one cares. They only care if you're voting for, in this case, Hillary Clinton. If you're voting for anyone else other than Hillary Clinton, people do not care if you vote, and in fact, they don't even want you to vote. And they'll call you a, a you know, a coon, a, 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 you know, whatever else. And it's so ridiculous. And I'm so glad that I'm above that to the point where I just don't care. And I feel, I feel, and I, I feel badly for people who do care. I know people walking around with, with plastic bags over their head, you know, because you know, who, because they, you know, trying to hide because they don't really want to express themselves. They're afraid to express themselves and their true beliefs for fear that they'll be made fun of or bullied or ostracized. You know, so it's, you know, and that's how I feel. You know what I mean? Who am I voting for? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't decided, you know, and I'm, I'm most likely, I'm, I guess I, I'll tell you if, if this wasn't the case, I haven't decided just yet, as I told someone the other day. But in two, and I told you guys this then, and I'll tell you again now. In 2012, I had the same views that I have now. So I wrote in a candidate. You know who I wrote in? I wrote in Jesus Christ. That's what I did in 2012. Did I vote for Barack Obama in 2008? Yes, I did. Because my eyes weren't really open back then. You know, I, I went along with the media. I went along with the hype. Oh, you know, first black president, this and that. But then I started seeing, like, wait a minute. A lot of the things that he said in 08, you know, were, or really in, even in 07, you know, leading up to 08, were not what I was seeing in 09 and 2010 and throughout his first term. I'm like, wait a minute. This isn't lining up with my, my, my spiritual beliefs. That's when he kind of flipped, not kind of, he flip-flopped on his views on homosexuality and gay marriage and all this other stuff. I was like, whoa, can't support that. And, they, you know, I wasn't really feeling Mitt Romney. So, you know, I said, you know what? And it was more symbolic for me because I just want to tell people, I just I want to talk about some other stuff, but I want people to understand you, you don't have to vote. You know, or I should not even vote. You don't have to use the political system, you know, and, and look to the political system to save you. You understand that? The, the political politics can't save you. The world is messed up. You know, it's messed up because of politics. It's messed up because of politicians. So the world can't save you. 
excuse me, the world well, that's you know, the world can't save you, politics can't save you, this political process can't save you, this election in November can't save you. But Jesus Christ can save you. And I think that's what we have to get back to, or some have to get to to begin with, the fact that you know, it doesn't matter who wins. You know, Obama they gave Obama the Nobel Peace Prize. You know what I'm saying? And ever since they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize, we've been at war. You know what I mean? We've gotten into more wars than we were even in before he was in office. We've never been closer to World War III than we are right now. But yet we gave Obama the Nobel Peace Prize. It's like nobody sees a problem with that. So that's one of the things that I wanted to uh, talk about today. Now, as far as the... uh, the election goes, or excuse me, the uh, debate goes, you know, the most recent debate. Like I told y'all, the late term and par- partial birth abortions, that was the first, one of the first questions that was asked. And, you know, they asked both of them. And, and I, you know, Donald Trump, I did not have a problem with his answer. I don't know what you guys thought about that, but if you, like, if you, and I really encourage you when you watch these debates, you know, and even if you didn't watch them, go back and watch them. You know, watch them with an, from an objective standpoint. Like, forget the media, because that's what I try to do. The media is biased. You know what I mean? The media has an agenda. They want you to believe certain things. And they have way, many ways, which I learned all about in, high, in college, high school and college. The media has specific ways of swaying public opinion. And so what I try to do is just literally watch the debates for what they are. They're two candidates to answering questions. You know, and if you, you know, and I did that from an objective standpoint. And I mean, Hillary Clinton gave a lot of answers that I just flat out did not agree with. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, and Donald Trump said some things that I also don't agree with. But I'm just being honest with you. When it comes to the abortion, he said, "Look, that's wrong." You know, he said it's wrong to, you know, have legislation that allows, you know, late-term abortions, you know, and and a partial birth abortion. You know, that's wrong, you know. And so, you know, Hillary Clinton supports that. You know, I, and I started to post some actual images. But I was like, nah, that might be too much. But, you know, it's real. I was like, why not post it? If it happens, you know, why not post it? Well, it is because it's real. You know, babies are dying out here. You know, so. But we're, maybe I will post it at some point. Um, Immigration. They talked a little bit about immigration, and, and not not so much in this debate, but in the last one. And, uh, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, let's build a wall. You know, Donald Trump wants to build a wall. Well, you know, I, I asked people, before we even get into that, I asked people, I said, well, what's your thoughts on Hillary Clinton's, uh, like, what she want to do as far as abortion goes? Excuse me, as far as immigration goes. And they said, well, I don't know. So you don't know? What do you mean? Like, you don't know what her views are? And he said, well, she, she doesn't really talk about it. Like, well, does she want to build a wall? And she said, you know, people don't really know. Why? Because she stays away from that topic. That's one of the things that the Clintons do a good job of. She does a good job of staying away from topics that have the potential to really hurt her. She'll talk about what she has to talk about, but as far as those major issues, that's why there are only three debates. There were a lot more debates when Obama was running. There were a lot more debates you know, in previous, this has probably been the fewest number of debates 
presidential election that I've ever seen. Because they don't they want to, it's like they're handing this election to them. They're handing it to them. But just get through three. All you, you know, we'll put one on a Saturday night. We'll put another one up against football. We'll put it, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, come on. You know, it is what it is. But she has no major immigration reform uh, plan. You know, Donald Trump, his plan is to build a wall. Now, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what that would look like. Um, I don't know, you know, as far as the paying for it, how that's going to go. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, that's something that would have to be discussed. But the reality is, there's a major, major problem with immigration in this country. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a major problem, and I feel like we have to secure the borders one way or another, whether that's building a wall, whether that's, you know, increasing personnel, you know, that's that's there. You know, I'm sure that will cost, obviously, money and different things. But, I mean, whatever the – I'm not a politician, so I can't really speak to the logistical side of securing the borders. But, you know, there needs to be a plan for securing the borders because, again, there's a major, major problem there. Hillary Clinton has no plan. Like, ask some of your friends, like, yo, what do you, what do you think about Hillary Clinton's uh, immigration reform, uh, you know, illegal immigration reform plan? They'll look at you like you're crazy because there is no plan. So, and I, that's not just me talking. Like I said, ask around. So, let's, what else? What else? I mean, this whole debate has been crazy. And the craziest thing is there were so many topics over the last three debates, there have been so many different topics, so many important topics be discussed and need to be brought to the to the forefront, right? And the one thing, the major thing that the media, the mainstream media, CNN, NBC, you know, is focusing on is Donald Trump's claim that the the election is rigged against him. You know, that's like the, that's like the major takeaway. Because, like, that's like the main thing they were talking about on CNN afterwards. I'm like, so out of everything, all the good points he made, all the, you know, the things that he said about Hillary Clinton that she had no response for whatsoever, the WikiLeaks, the, you know what I'm saying, abortion stands, homosexuality, gay rights, all this stuff. And this is the one thing that y'all want to talk about? And and so this is this is my thing. My, my first comment about that is is that Bernie Sanders. The irony with this is that everyone loved Bernie Sanders, you know. And the only and please understand, guys. <laughs> please understand. And this is amazing to me that this is not even an issue. WikiLeaks revealed that the Democratic primary race was 100% rigged against Bernie Sanders. You guys know that, right? I don't know if you guys know that. That was revealed. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was forced to resign because of emails that were revealed that, you know what I'm saying, that showed complete bias towards, you know, or against Bernie Sanders in favor of Hillary Clinton. The whole Democratic primary race was rigged. That was proven, okay? That was proven. Bernie Sanders should actually be the nominee. 
Hillary Clinton shouldn't even be the nominee. That's the crazy thing about this whole thing. They rigged it against him. She she shouldn't even be running. He should. Then everyone think about. I think it's really ask yourself. How many people do you know that favored Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders? I don't know not one person. I know a lot of people. I don't know not one person really expressing a, a liking or a preference of Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. And I'm sure you don't either. So how the heck did she win? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, it's really funny like, if you think about it. But And the emails confirm that. Nobody, I mean, he should have won. You know, and so what I'm saying is that's the first part of the problem is that it is, in fact, rigged on so many levels. It was rigged on the Democratic level. I posted a number of videos that show, in fact, I just posted one that show, you know, key players in the Democratic Party, you know, in, in the various roles, roles that they played in rigging uh, certain uh, processes, influencing different situations within the party, you know? So Donald, when Donald Trump says, hey, look, you know, this process is rigged, I mean, that's not hard to see, guys. I was watching the Today Show, and uh, Matt Lauer was interviewing Rudy Giuliani and, uh, and, and after the, after the uh, debate, and, and he asked him, Matt Lauer asked him, he was like, you know, what do you think about Donald Trump's claims that the election is rigged? He was like, well, I mean, it is. He's like, that's obvious. He's like, from a, he's like, not. He's saying not the actual electoral process. You know what I'm saying on the voter level, as far as as far as voter registration and things like that. He said that's, um, you know, that's somewhat, you know, that's going to be what it is. But it's not. But on a media, on a national level, you know what I'm saying. When you look at CNN, NBC, New York Times, Washington Post, you know, things like that. Oh, it's absolutely rigged. It's absolutely being influenced. You know, you know, and that's I mean that's obvious. You know, Matt Lauer tried to say, well, no, you know, when you look at you know this and that, this, you know, what I'm saying, but it, it it it's obviously not equal. You know, and so I and I I mean it's like I see I've been talking about media bias, media propaganda for months now. For months. Go back through the archives. You know, I mean, going all the way back to last year, I've been talking about this stuff. You know, <laughs> you know. So when Donald Trump all of a sudden this week says, "Oh, the the, the you know the election is rigged," you know, meet the you know based on the media bias, media propaganda, I, I've been saying that. You know what I mean, I've been talking about that for the last few years. So you know, it's not you guys got to really ask yourself, like, why is the media choosing to focus on? certain things, you know, and not focus on other things. You know what I mean? I mean, it's crazy. You know, no one made a big deal when Bernie Sanders said that this process is rigged. When he specifically says we're dealing with a rigged political process, no one said, no one batted an eye, right? And the funny thing is that, that was a, an issue for, like, he's, he's a p- politician. Telling people it's rigged, and he and people don't even care. But now, when Donald Trump says it, not only do they do they care, it's like a huge, huge deal. But imagine if those same people made it a huge, huge deal when Bernie Sanders said it. It's it's amazing to me. It's amazing. I mean, the world that we live in is crazy, and people really believe this stuff. 
people really believe this stuff. You know, what else? What else? You know, and I'm looking at the uh, the more WikiLeaks emails. And most people don't even know what WikiLeaks is. You know, I ask like, yo, what do you think about these emails? And they're like, well, okay, fine. She had, she had. I'm not talking. About, I'm, like, I'm not talking about Hillary Clinton, or and the fact that she ha- that she deleted the emails, or that she had a private emails on a private server. I'm talking about, well, who was she emailing? Like, what was the content of these emails? You know what I'm saying? And one, it was funny because during the, the one of the, that was actually one of the questions at during the the debate. And and Donald Trump, you know, responded. He was like, "Well, hold on, you, you know, the emails reveal that you you're not genuine. There there are very many things that you've lied about, and 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 these were that was in the content of the emails. And then she didn't. She just totally deflected and and switched up. She's like, "Well, the emails were actually shown to be the result of Soviet." you know, espionage, Russian espionage. You know what I'm saying? They've been spying on us and, you know, hacking the, the, the you know, the, uh, the, the top, the top uh, scientists and, and people like that have determined that, the, you know, the emails were hacked and this and that by, by the Russians. And Donald Trump was like, whoa, whoa hold on, how did we get on Putin? I don't know if y'all saw that little exchange, but she didn't even respond to contents of the emails that show criminal and you know criminal activities and other forms of corruption. She just made. She went to not the fact that her emails had been seen by have been seen by the world, but how they had been seen by the world, as if that justifies the contents of these emails. The fact that the Russians, who she tried, she's trying to make this, you know, connection to Trump, like he's some type of Russian spy or something himself. I'm like, well, hold on. Like, you know, and again, I'm not a Donald Trump fan, but guys, right is right and wrong is wrong. You know what I mean? Like, come on. The stuff, and the funny thing about it is, like, I'm a very intelligent individual. Like, I like to analyze things, and I see this whole thing for what it is. You know, the, the, the issues that people have and the, the issues that the media is presenting of Donald Trump you know, are are more tabloid, if if anything. And it's like, okay, you know, someone from 10 years ago said you groped her. Oh, he wants to grab women by the pussy. You know, my last live show, Locker Room Talk, where, you know, I discussed that whole, that whole thing. If you guys missed it, check it out. It's like, okay, all right, fine. Like, that stuff is not cool. It's inappropriate. But, guys, I mean, we're, we're talking about actual crimes here that have been committed by Hillary Clinton. Like things that generals have been put in jail for, you know, things that you know people actually get get prosecuted for, you know. What I mean, not like you know stuff like oh, I said this, or I made an inappropriate joke, or you know, what I mean, like all right, cool, but like actual things that really matter, that really would have an effect on things. You know, for example, you know, it was revealed that I think the king or the president of, of Qatar you know, actually wrote Bill Clinton a million-dollar check for his birthday. And I'm just looking like, whoa, it's crazy. You know, with all this hype, and, you know, and, and uh, so, you know, surrounding the, the Clinton Foundation and, you know, them traveling around the world getting, you know, getting all these quote-unquote donations. Well, I mean, you got a million-dollar check for your birthday, and this wasn't even made public, and it was only made public by the fact that, you know, these emails were hacked through. 
I think that's important. I think that needs to be discussed. You know? One of the things I also had an issue with is um, this week I was discussing Michelle Obama and the fact that, you know, she meant she was saying that she had such a such a disdain for uh, Donald Trump's comments and, you know, and just him as, as a person. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Back in 08, you had some very unpleasant things to say about Hillary Clinton as well. And I think what we have to do is, um, you know, we have to start calling people out on their hypocrisy, right? I mean, I, you know, I feel like, you know, Barack Obama in 08 says all these things about Hillary Clinton. Michelle Obama says you're unfit to run the White House because you can't even run your home. I mean, like, I, maybe people are different, but I don't forget those things. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like if you say all these things about me in 08, but now in 2016, you want to be my best friend. It's like, I'm going to look at you a little bit funny. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not going to trust you 100%. And I, I'm, for the life of me, you know, I don't see how people are not the same. Like, they, you know, how do you believe Barack Obama traveling around the country? How do you believe Michelle Obama traveling around the country saying how great of a president Hillary Clinton is going to be when, when I don't, I didn't forget all the, the negative things that they said about her? You know, so uh, Billy Bush has been fired from uh, the Today Show over the position uh, a few months ago, actually. And, uh, you know, initially after the locker room, you know, the locker room banter that, that you know, that uh, had between him and Donald Trump was revealed, he was, I guess they said suspended, but now I guess he's just out. And uh, so, yeah. You know, someone asked me, you know, well, do you think he should have been fired? Well, I mean, it, it it doesn't really matter to me. Like, you know what I mean? I can't say, you know, I mean, he was wrong. I'll put it like this. He was just as wrong as Donald Trump. I mean, the comments, the conversation was inappropriate, um, as I discussed on, you know, in great detail on the last show. Um, the, conversa- the conversation was inappropriate, but at the same time, it was a real conversation. And, and again, if you missed that show, definitely tune into the archives to hear you know, why it was so real. You know what I mean? I gave many different examples, personal examples, many of them, uh, about how, um, you know, different situations, while they may not be, you know, right or or what people would want to hear, you know, if you think we're talking about rape or assault, you're crazy. You know, everything is not rape. Everything is not assault. Talking about a situation with a, a woman who is, very much so willing to do whatever you ask her to do, and that goes in a, a you know in a, a different way or a sexual way or even a pervert way or whatever. You know, is it inappropriate to be discussed? Absolutely, but is it? Does that mean it's not true? Does that mean it's not real? Does that mean it doesn't happen every single day out here in these streets? You know, of course not, because it does. You know, so we got to start. We like I said, right is right. And wrong is wrong. You know, was he right? I I can't say, and that's the thing, I can't say, you know, oh, was Donald Trump wrong for saying that? Was Billy Bush wrong for saying that? These are two grown men discussing their history, discussing, you know, as a private conversation between two adults about their personal experiences. I can't judge them for that because I've had my own conversations. I've had my own actions. You know, so I can't say, oh, you're wrong. That would be me judging that person because if he's wrong, then, you know, what does that mean about my my 20s, you know, my teens? 
you know, things that I'm not, I've done that I'm not proud of. You see what I'm saying? So I think we all, we've all done certain things uh, in our past and some even in our present, you know, on that same level. You know, grabbing asses, groping, you know, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So we have to, I think we have to, you know, before we start throwing stones, we got to start, you know, looking at our own skeletons. What else is going on out here? It's crazy, a lot going on in the world. You know, a lot of things going on out here in the world. I was watching a video. Um, Farrakhan was speaking. You know, and it, I posted the video on my page, and it was it was interesting because obviously I'm not a Muslim, but he you know he speaks a lot of truth. There's a lot of things that he says that are true, and you know he uh, you know had a lot to say about this political process. He said he's not voting for either one of them. You know, he's and he went on to say a lot of things, but he went on to say that you know this election is rigged. You know, this is a process that has already been decided. He said that. You know, as far as Barack Obama's concerned, he said white people selected him. The billionaires said they selected him. You know, but we went ahead and elected him. And I want people to understand. I want people to understand that there is an agenda in this country. Okay? There's an agenda for the black community in this country. There's an overall agenda, but then there's also an agenda specifically designed for the black community. And, you you know, this is chess, not checkers, you know. And so what that means is there are certain things that they want done and they need to get done as it relates to us as African Americans that would not have been able to be successful without a Barack Obama behind it, without someone like Obama who can go on a show like you know, the Steve Harvey show, you know, heard by millions of people, seen by millions of people, or go on Tom Joyner in a way that no, really no white politician could do, no matter how likable they are. I mean, even Hillary Clinton, can't, you know, Barack Obama can do certain things. He can say certain things in a different way that Hillary Clinton would never be able to do. You understand that? And what we have to do, with, even, you know, Al Gore wouldn't be able to do. And we have to be able to understand that, that the fact that there are reasons why he was chosen in, to the, in the capacity that he was chosen. You know, homosexuality, gay marriage, having that widely accepted, you know, in the black community is unheard of. In the black church is unheard of, was unheard of until Obama. You know, a, a universal health care system, this system known as Obama, uh, Obamacare. Well, how do you, how, you know, that's not the first time. I mean, look at Ted Kennedy. I'm working on this. is not the first time something like this has been proposed. They've been trying to get this accepted and, in, in you know, accepted for a while now. You know, but because you, you're basically and essentially telling people, hey, look, we're going to force you to get health care, and we're going to penalize you if you don't get it, right? I mean, that wouldn't have gone over too well, you know, if, if, if George Bush was saying it, or even if Hillary Clinton was trying to say it, you know, prior to oh, someone like Obama saying it. And so I think what we have to do is just, and, and like I said, Farrakhan said all this. You know, you have to understand, like, there is an agenda, and he was chosen 
to push that agenda. You know, and people, please understand, presidents are chosen. You know, they're not elected, they're chosen. The elect process is, you know, is basically, you know, icing on the cake. It's a formality. Okay? And it's unfortunate because, you know, that's the, that's just how the game is played. You know, they use the media. The media, you know, I tell you guys all the time, I mean, you look at people like Matt Lauer and, you know, the hosts and anchors at CNN. I mean, these, these guys are given their opinions. This is not objective reporting at all. You know, it's not, not at all. I mean, they're like using their opinion. They're putting these positions to give their opinions. And if you li- anyone who listens, watch the Today Show, watch CNN, they're not just reporting the news. They're using their platform to sway and influence your opinions. You guys know that, right? If, they, if these guys say something to you at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning, and you hear it at 6 in the morning, you hear it again at, you know, on your break at 12 o'clock. You hear it when you get off work at 5 o'clock. You hear it right before you go to sleep at 11 o'clock. And everybody's saying the same negative things about a particular candidate or they're saying the same positive things about a particular candidate or, or president. Well, eventually, and you watch these things every day, and that's your everyday process. And that's the only way or the main way that you get your news. Guess what, guys? That's that's reporting, that's broadcasting 101. That's going to have an influence on your opinion, whether you like it or not. The media says, oh, you know, Trayvon Martin was killed by a, by a white man. You know, uh, Donald Trump is a racist. Bill Cosby's a, a rapist. You know, oh, guess what? It must be true. And these are the things that you hear every day, day in and day out. Day in and, you know what I mean? You're going to start feeling and believing these things. That's, again, listen, listen, I don't know if you guys went to school for this stuff, but, again, that's what they teach you in journalism. That's what they teach you in broadcasting. I've taken these courses. These are my major. That was my minor in college. They teach you this stuff. Everything that I'm talking about that they're doing, how they're influencing, they teach you this stuff. So that way you can recognize, that's why I recognize it. That's why Donald, people like Donald Trump are able to say, oh, yeah, it's rigged. That's why Bernie Sanders says it's rigged because you see it. But if you don't, if you don't understand that the process of rigging something, you don't have to mess with the polls to rig an election. You just control the media. They did the, uh, the, the Catholic dinner, the Catholic uh, church dinner where the candidates come, you know, and, and you know, kind of make jokes, bust on each other all night. It was, and they do it every, uh, you know, every four years. And uh, it was funny. <laughs> and they both had some, had some very, pretty funny jokes. Hillary Clinton had some funny ones. Donald Trump had some funny ones. But one of the funny ones that Donald Trump said, he said, you know what, this political process has been kind of great. You know, it's been great, ex- great experience for me. I've got a chance to meet, you know, the people who, uh, who, are, who, are, really, who are Hillary Clinton's biggest, biggest supporters. And he was saying <laughs> something like that. He said, yeah, there's the, uh, the head of CNN. There's the president of, uh, of, of uh, NBC the New York Times, like, you know, Washington Post, and he just, like, pointed them out. And that was, like, hilarious to me. Because, and everyone laughed because they knew, like, that was that's funny. There's a reason why that's funny, because it's true. You know what I'm saying? You don't laugh at things in those type of situations when they're not true. You know what I'm saying? So, but, yeah, that's just another example. Uh, what else is going on? What, I, I came across a video, a few videos, actually, of uh, – 
of someone that is being called Bill Clinton's illegitimate son. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not one for the gossip and different things, but I'm just saying, you know, like I told you before, man, like that, I mean, he he does appear to be, uh, you know, have some certain resemblances to Bill Clinton. You know, he's from Arkansas. I mean, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but, you know, if anything, I feel like they should be talking about it. You know, I feel like at least we should be able to see him on Mari or something, Mari or, you know, even some of the tabloid news. You know, somebody, this guy's on independent media. Why, you know, this is a major thing. I mean, a guy that looks like Bill Clinton is claiming to be his son, you know, saying that he's he sucked with his mom and nobody wants to give him an opportunity to, to, to tell his story nationally. Well, I wonder why. So it's interesting. What else is going on out here? <clears throat> I was watching them. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of all I want to talk about as far as politics go. I mean, there's more stuff, but, you know, at the end of the day, like I told you all before, I mean, it really doesn't matter. It's not going to affect anything. Um, what's going to be is going to be, you know. Um, but, again, if, if I were you guys, you know, I would want to be comfortable with my decision on who to vote for or not vote for based on, you know, being pleasing to God. That doesn't mean that voting for Donald Trump is pleasing. I'm not saying that. All I, And that's for you to decide. That's for you and your relationship. I'm just saying I would want to, you know, consider God and consider things like abortion, homosexuality, when determined. Because don't just sweep it under the rug like a lot of people do but really consider their platform and as it relates to your spiritual beliefs. That's what I would do. I was watching, I want to talk a little entertainment news, a little bit of entertainment news today. Um, I was watching, it's a few different things, but, you know, with this whole political season, you know, unfortunately, you know, we, we're not seeing a lot of attention and time being given to in my what's in my opinion the the major thing that we should be worried about and and, and care about, which is the the battle between good and evil, you know, um, God versus Satan. And what we what we're seeing a lot of is you know politics, 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 but not a lot of spirituality. And I, for example, I was watching um, Wendy Williams. I was watching a clip of of Wendy Williams actually that was posted online. And it was talking about Deborah Cox, you know, and uh, Deborah Cox. I don't know if you guys know she did the vocals for the for that uh, uh, that the Whitney Houston Lifetime movie, which I found I found to be very entertaining. And one of the things I found interesting was that during the interview, they were discussing. You know, Wendy Williams said, "Well, you uh, you're very talented." You know, you're very talented. She said, well, one thing that I respect about you is that you've kind of done, you've taken control of your own career. You know, you have, you, she said, you could be a much bigger star. And what Deborah Cox said, what she said, well, you know what? She said, Wendy, as you know, you know, this is a very interesting business. Right? She said, this is a very interesting, you know, industry that we are in. 
And, you know, basically if you sell your soul, then, yeah, you can have the fame, the fortune, the riches, the power, the influence. No, but the cost of that is selling your soul. And she said, you know, I chose to, to not do those things. She said, I chose to have a, a husband. I chose to have a family. I, I chose to remain true to myself. You know, and Wendy was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, 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 you know, you do have to sell your soul. She's like, you didn't sell your soul. You know, and the funny, and the, and the interesting, the most interesting thing about it was she said, Wendy, as you know. And it's basically saying, like, you know, you're in that same position. You are a multimillionaire in the entertainment entertainment industry seen by millions of people and so you know you do have to sell yourself for these things you know and this isn't the first time that you know someone has said that i just posted a clip recently of you know Birdman saying you know i gave my soul to this uh you know i mean tons and tons and tons of celebrities have spoken out against you know about the industry and the fact that you do have to sell your soul um you know and and, and if you look at it the people who are at the highest level you know, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Kanye West, people like that, not just, not only have they sold their souls, but they've taken a very active role, you know, in putting out, you know, what's obviously a satanic agenda, you know, a worldly agenda. And so, interesting, uh, you know, I just thought, I wanted to share that with you guys. I wanted to, you know, hopefully you guys got a chance to click on the link and just, you know, watch a little bit because they tell you blatantly tell you very candidly, like, yo, you, you know, you could be, a, she basically said you could have been a much bigger st- star if you chose to sell your soul. And she's like, yeah, you're right, but I chose to remain true to myself and, and have a more grounded life, have a family, have a husband. And as you guys know, I mean, when you, when you are in that industry, a lot of times you're not in a relationship. A lot of times you are, you know, selling sex, you know, which often does jeopardize you know, relationship. That's why you see a lot of these, these you know, these celebrities divorcing. You know, so how they decide to separate? Well, because they're superstars, they were unfortunately, you know, forced to, into this lifestyle that doesn't often mesh well, you know, with monogamy, you know, and, and, and wholesome family values. You know, and so it's it's very tough. You know, celebrity life. That and I mean, you know, that's the reason though that. You know, the Bible speaks about celebrities and, you know, being having idols and being a celebrity and being rich and famous because, you know, it's not of the, it's not of God. It's of the world, right? You know, uh, and so it's, it was interesting. And speaking of which, I was watching uh, Empire. So my wife and I watch it. You know, I, I mean, like I said, man, I, I, I watch it. I've watched it the first few seasons. You know, as you guys have heard, many of you, you know, a number of specials, I've done using that show as a backdrop to discuss various, you know, various topics over the years. And, uh, but it's, it's just not a good show. I mean, it's just, it's very, very dark. I mean, it's not, I mean, aside from that, it's just a boring show. It's not entertaining to me. I mean, there's so many other actually entertaining shows. It's just not an entertaining show. It's very boring to me. But aside from the boring nature of it, um, it is, it's very dark it's very satanic. It's very gloomy. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, and I, I watch a lot of TV. I watch different things uh, for different reasons. And, but there is a, a lot of symbolism, hidden, some, much of it hidden, some of it blatant, 
um, you know, in empire more than more than most shows. You know, all shows have to have a certain level of satanic symbolism to even be on network television. I mean, that's so you're going to see it in every single show on TV. But Empire, especially though, I mean, you have so much. I mean, it's like filled with the symbolism. You know, much of it I've discussed here on this show over the years. But uh, one thing in particular, I was watching yesterday with my wife, and uh, if you guys caught this most recent episode, you saw. What's it, Andre, Andre and the, the new chick, the black girl, they were having sex, right? They were having sex. And what happened after, well, you know, as they were having sex, right, what happened? Well, he actually started seeing a, a ghost, in fact, the ghost of his, his dead ex-wife. And so what happened? What did the ghost do? What did the ghost do? You guys saw it. The ghost, they actually not only not only did the did the ghost join in with in, in the sex with them to make it like a threesome, but they invited the ghost in. And that's the the demon in. That's what really you know, there's no such thing as ghosts. Ghosts are basically demons. Demons sent from Satan. And one of the things that you have to, ironically, we actually had a conversation about this over in the Friends of the Data on Talbert Show group recently. When you're having sex of a lustful nature, you know, not husband and wife, but when you're fornicating, you're, you're actively inviting demons, and the demons will be watching you. You know what I'm saying? And in many cases, all types of perverted things happen. I mean, even if you read the Old Testament, you'll see a number of different instances of demons partaking in in sexual experiences in the Bible, all throughout the Bible. And and that was very symbolic, you know, of what we all saw in Empire. You know, the demon imagine that. Fornication with a threesome with a with a demon on, on network television. I mean that's crazy. You know, you know I mean that's I'm not even sure if that they've ever done that before. I'm not sure if anything like that's ever been seen before. But like I said, Empire is really pushing the boundaries in, in a way that a lot of people don't even realize. There's a lot of satanic symbolism. It's literally filled with sat- literally satanic symbolism all throughout the show every single week. I see it blatantly. So, you know, check it out. Check it out if you, uh, if you missed it. It was very interesting. Uh, what else? In fact, speaking of which, um, I, I think I told you guys a couple weeks ago, I downloaded uh, title on, on my phone, you know, for uh, just music streaming. And uh, I'm just getting into that. I've never really been into the whole iPods and downloading music and Spotify, you know, Napster, all that stuff. I've never really been into it. I, look, I just make a mix CD, pop it in, and I'm good. But I'm trying to get up to, you know, fit with the times. And uh, my wife has been helping me out with that. So I, I downloaded title or whatever, and I was pay a, like a, a monthly fee. Most of you guys already know it. Look, it's new to me, all right? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You pay a monthly fee, and, uh, you know, you listen to basically any music you want to listen to. And so I was, you know, they, Beyonce has some type of uh, exclusive, you know, thing with, with title, obviously, I think owned by Jay-Z. And uh, it was interesting because I mean, this really has nothing to do with title specifically, but Beyonce in general, she's a very talented person. You know, she's a very talented individual. I was just watching. You know, and it's interesting how talented she is. She's, I mean, she can sing, she can dance, uh, she can write music. 
she's just a, a great performer. You know, and one of the things that I was saying, I was just thinking was that, wow, imagine if that, all that talent was actually being used for good. You know, imagine if all that talent was not being used to push a worldly satanic agenda. You know, encouraging young girls to have sex and, you know, just putting the, the, the sexual spirit out there, you know, and, and inviting people to embrace it. You know, imagine if it, if that was not what that talent was being used for. Um, she'll be a very powerful person. She's already a very powerful person, but unfortunately being used for, you know, for, for negativity. And so I just want to, you know, I want to touch on that. It's trying to be, you know, obviously that we've already we've all known that for quite some time now. But I don't know. I just was watching it recently and just reflecting on it. It's like, wow, it's, it's really unfortunate because she is a very uh, talented person. Uh, something else in entertainment news. I was watching, uh, reading, reading the news, and uh, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, however you want to look at it, uh, Mary J. Blige and and Kendu. Uh, Kendu J. Blige, you know, <laughs> now I'm messing with you. I don't know his last name. Um, Kendu are divorcing, and uh, they separated. And, you know, one of the, I mean, I'll talk about what everyone else is talking about in a little bit, but one of the things I found interesting was that, you know, several, and I talked about this before, but several years ago, I you know, I saw a clip of them getting into an altercation at, at a club and, you know, her punching him in the face. I'm just like, I'm looking like, wow. I mean, like, I don't know if he was cheating or, you know, he was doing something. And I, even, I you know, I said that then. I was like, wow. They, they, you know, they won't be together. I was like, I don't even know if they're together now. I said, but they won't be together long. You know, I spoke about it. And, you know, next thing you know, they're divorcing. I'm saying, that's not, you know, this is obviously something I've discussed in the past. You know, I did a whole special on, you know, in fact, using her, uh, her song, Missing You. Many of you may remember, I, you know, if you Google, the definition of emotional unavailability. I did a whole three-hour special on on that, just what emotional unavailability is. You know, if you listen to that show that was done, who knows, at this point, you know, five, six years ago, you know, Mary J. Blige and, and much of her music was used as a backdrop to define that term. So I don't think this, you know, her divorcing Kendu should come as a surprise to anyone. You know, when you look at her really being the epitome of emotional unavailability. And so, uh, you know, obviously any any divorce, you know, separation is unfortunate, but, you know, I wish her the best and, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, I, you know, I wanted, the, the issue that I had with that whole punching in the face issue was that, you know, we, we look at people like Chris Brown, we look at the Rihanna situation, you know, and it's just like, okay, Chris Brown is demonized, villainized for excuse me, vilified for, you know, the story that he, you know, beat her up. You know, that's never been confirmed by anyone, uh, but that's the story that he beat her up and that, you know, he did all these things to her. But when you see the same exact thing, you see Mary J. Blige blatantly punching Kendu in the face, you know, it's like no one has, no one says anything about that. No one, most people I talk to about, it, never even heard of that. You know, and so that's just another example of media bias, media propaganda. You know, let's demonize the black man. 
but not everyone loves Mary J. Blige now that she's divorcing Kendu. It's like, well, hold on, what, what part of the game is that? So, now as far as this whole, you know, alimony, spousal support, you know, if I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm sure I could pull them up, but I really just don't feel like it. He wants what people are calling an astronomical amount of money. You know, I think I saw something like a $6,000 grocery bill. He wants, you know, he has to pay back money from another relationship. He's got, they've got rental properties, entertainment, vacation costs. And we're just like, and I'm, and I'm not people saying, well, he should just get a job and why, why should he want all this? And I'm just looking like, wait a minute. Do you not watch Real Housewives of Atlanta? Do you not watch, watch you know, Basketball Wives, Love and Hip Hop, where these, these quote-unquote celebrities are living these lives, you know, these, these you know, rich, you know, lives of, of luxury, you know, and not doing anything and not having any claim to fame other than their husband being a, a baller and, you know, some form of athlete, politician or, you know, celebrity, you know, actor, whatever. It's like, well, hold on, why should, why do you get all this money? Like, for example, Nas, you look at his baby, you know, his, his uh, ex, people like 50 Cent, his ex. It's like, well, hold on, you, they're paying you $100,000 a month. You know, something, you know, craziness, $15,000 a month, $20,000 a month, 50000 It's like, for what? You know, what, what, what is that money going to? But then when he says, when he's on, when the situation is reversed, and many, you know, many of those cases, the guy is the, the, the millionaire or whatever. But when the, when the woman has the claim to fame, has the, the high bank account, why should it not be reversed? Is that not sexist for it, for it to be reversed? You know what I'm saying? Or people have, an op, have a problem or opposition with it being reversed. So, I mean, that's just, that's my thoughts on it. I mean, I don't, you know, if he gets the money, he gets it, she can afford it. I mean, you know, you figure this is someone who's making $1,000 a, a, a show, you know, 50000 an appearance. You know, you can go out and do a concert and you get, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 for one concert. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure she can afford to pay him whatever he's asking for, but my issue is the, is the, the public perception of it. You know, it's really crazy out here. What else is going on? I want to, real quick, I want to talk a little bit about race relations. You know, one of the things I noticed is that, you know, we see a lot of hypocrisy out here. I mean, it's just like it's getting really crazy. There's a lot of hypocrisy going on. I mean, and I, you know, what am I talking about? I'm talking about we, we are the first, I mean, ever since Obama's been in office. I mean, obviously there's always been a race problem here in this country, but I mean, you know, with with Obama being in office, you see uh, more more scrutiny behind various comments, situations, you know, racist policies, and things like that. And we will be the first, you know, to to scream, "Oh, this is racism! This is racism!" or or that was a racial slur. But one of the issues that I have is that we, as African Americans, use you know, some of the biggest racial slurs, you know, the most common, the most derogatory slurs possible and not even think twice about it. You know, we we laugh at racist jokes with our friends. 
You know, we 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 use racist terms. We use racial slurs. You know, comedians make racist jokes, and it's literally, you know, it's just it goes unnoticed. It go, no one cares about it. No one says anything, and it's just like the the level of hypocrisy is just at an all time high. I mean, what am I talking about? We call whites, we call whites uh, crackers. We call Japanese Japs, Hispanic Spicks, Wetbacks, uh, Chinese, you know, Chinks. Oh, she's got chinky eyes. He's got chinky eyes. Guys, no, that's the that's like the, the same as calling a black person a nigger, right? You know, and and they, these are terms that you know have become commonplace in our community. Towel heads, you know, talking about you know people from the you know Middle East. I mean, these are all racial slurs, and, and that, I, that I hear every single day. I mean, we'll, we'll say you know things called you know she tried to Jew me down. You know, being in the car industry, I hear a lot of that. You know, oh yeah, all right, the price is two thousand, so you know, you know he's going to try to Jew you down and get you down to a thousand. Like basically saying like Jews are are cheap. You know what I mean? You know they want to hold on to their money. You know that's just like a common, common theme. You know, for, you know, or, or term used to describe Jewish people. And it's just like these are these are racial slurs that I that I I personally hear every single day. You know, what I mean? all all the ones that I just told you, I hear every single day from Black people in the Black community about various races. Yet we be the same, the first ones to complain. When they, when somebody lets the, the the term nigger, you know, nigger slip out. Does anyone see a problem with that? I do. You know what I mean? I do. And the funny thing is, like, I'm not even. I mean, I see it's a problem. Obviously, it's a it's a problem. But like, I would have less of a problem if the hypocrisy wasn't wasn't associated with it. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, this is what it is. But we're all. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna. If I know I use certain terms. I'm not gonna have a problem with somebody else using the term. Don't, but don't be hypocritical about it. That's my whole thing. So I don't know. That's just what I want to talk about as far as race relations. Obviously, there's a lot, you know, a lot going on. You know, I was gonna talk about parenting, but I'm gonna save that for another show. In fact, I, I want to do a, a, a specific show on parenting in the black community, part two. You know, a few years ago, I did a really good show on, uh, you know, by that title actually, parenting or lack thereof in the black community. And, and I really think we need to get back to, um, you know, loving our kids, you know, being positive role models for our kids, giving them something to, to strive for and aspire to be, you know. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, if you guys, you know, it's a really great thing. This is for the brothers out there. Uh, I think I mentioned it before. I did a, uh, we did a uh, my church, Enon, Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church, is doing an, an initiative, you know, for the men, and we're going to occupy the 30 most violent and problematic communities, or excuse me, corners in the city of Philadelphia. And it's a three-week uh, initiative where we're going to occupy. You know, he got together, Pastor Waller got together with the uh, the police commission, and they identified the 30 uh, most problematic corners. And so the men were just going to occupy the, uh, you know, these corners. You know, we signed up for the corners that were, with you know, within our proximity to where we close proximity to where we live, and uh, we're going to just get out there from about ten o'clock to twelve o'clock, 
you know, 1230 in the morning, not in the daytime, at nighttime, when, when, you know, when, during the times where this, these crimes are going on, these shootings, these niggas are occupying the corner, selling drugs, killing people, you know. Police are now not allowed to stop and frisk. You know, it's crazy. And so we're going to, when we see it, like that's why we're going out there, because these, these guys are out there committing these crimes. It's like the moment you talk about the fact that these people are actually out, you try to give the police the option to, you know, to take these guns and drugs off the street. Then it's oh no, that's racist. Like racist? What are you talking? We're going out here specifically because their crime is being committed. Their guns on the street. So you know what I mean. And uh, so we're gonna do that. So I say all that to say, you know, go to enontab.org if you're a guy in the city of Philadelphia and you wanna, you know, uh, participate in this initiative. I'll, I'll be out there tonight. You know, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna tell y'all which corner I'm gonna be at. You know, we might got some, you know, some psychos out there, some haters. You know what I mean? Try to try to take me out, call it gang related. I don't, you know what I mean? They might be listening, so I'm gonna keep my my uh, location. You know what I'm saying? Private. That's that's when I need to know basis. But you know, come on out, register to. Like I said, it's 30 different corners that we'll be occupying starting tonight over the next three weeks. You know, definitely, I'll be out there. You know, I won't be alone. I'll put it that way. I, you know what I mean? I'll be with the fellas, but at the same time, I, I, even if they didn't show, I won't be alone. But we'll keep it like that. But, you know, come on out if you can. You know, these these streets are getting out of control. We need we need men. We need strong, you know, strong bodies who aren't afraid to confront, you know, uh, crime and, you know, and crime in our community, not just crime within the police department, but crime within our own communities, which is this is why I respect this initiative so much. So there's that. I wanted to do uh, a couple couple asked and on advice questions before I got up out of here. Um, one of the things that, one of the questions um, that I wanted to tackle, I'm not sure if I'll be live again prior to Halloween, but uh, last year, Osho and I, we did a really good uh, Between Brothers segment. You know, and I'm going to post, a, you know, the link to that uh, in case people missed it. But, uh, you know, it, it specifically talked about, you know, Halloween, its origin, um, you know, what it is and why we as Christians should not be celebra- celebrating it. You know, and also things that are just not of God that are very commonplace, like yoga, like astrology, uh, numerology, all types of things that the Bible speaks specifically about, yet we as believers are, you know, have adopted, you know, into our everyday lives. And, you know, things that are, you know, you see people, there's a new movie coming out called Ouija, you know, the Ouija board. They had a one movie a couple of years ago, now they're uh, bringing it back for the sequel. And so it's just it's just a lot of satanic activity out here that is being disguised as just fun. And so the question was, you know, well, do you allow your children to celebrate Halloween? And um, kids are younger. They're starting out kindergarten, first grade, second grade. You know, they do the little parades, get dressed up, get candy, you know, that night they go trick-or-treating. A lot of people say, well, you know, it's no big deal. What's the big deal? It's It's just harmless fun. And the reality is you really have to understand we, you know, I talked earlier on about inviting spirits into your life, inviting spirits into your home. And I, I mean, you guys have to understand 
you, you, you know, demons cannot occupy you or occupy your home or anything having to do with you without being invited. You know, that's why when you have things like exorcisms or you have someone pray for you and you hear the, the person say, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, any demons, all demons must flee, you know, because there's no power there. The only way they can stay is if they're invited and they're welcomed. And so if you're talking about a holiday that's in place specifically to celebrate the dead, right, to celebrate darkness, demons, you know, it's a night of the dead that goes back, you know, many, many years. And if you understand that's what the holiday is, and it's just it's taken on different forms, but in Essentially, that's what it still is. It's a celebration of the dead. That's why you see people dressing up in all types of monsters, demons, you know, things of you know, zombies, stuff like that. It's not you're not dressing up as a tooth fairy. You know, in most cases, you're dressing. It's a demonic holiday. You're dressing up as demons, monsters, aliens. You know, Donald Trump. You know what I mean? It's, 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 you're doing all these things, and so what we have to do is we have to, one, understand it for what it is, and we have to uninvite them into our house, out of our, uninvite them out of our lives. This, the media is, is operating under a satanic agenda. So they are going, they're going to push it and push it and push it and push it and push it on you as much as possible. So it's up to you to not allow that into your home, not allow that into your life. The worst thing you could do is say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out and buy my kids a costume, and I'll walk you up and down the street and allow other people who have already invited these demons in. You know, you're knocking on their door. You're asking to come into their home or asking to receive their treats that are symbolic of a celebration of of the dead, a celebration of Satan. So you really have to, that's so, you know, to answer the question, no, I will not allow my children to celebrate Halloween. Um, I would encourage others to not allow their children to celebrate Halloween because you have to really understand what it is. And I think really when you look at most people who do it, they're not looking at it for what it is. They're saying, oh, no, it's no big deal. They're not saying, oh, it's great. It's this. They're just saying, oh, this is not what it is because I don't know what it is. But you have to actually know what it is. Once you know what it is, there's not a lot of argument. There's not a lot of rationalization for, for or justification for celebrating, you know, the celebration of Satan. And I mean, that's all, and all that is is a simple Google search. You could just type in what is Halloween, what is what is the origin of Halloween. That's really all you have to do, and it's not hidden. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a secret. It's certainly not of God. I mean, that's that's for darn sure. Right. So, no, I wouldn't allow my children to celebrate that. I would encourage you guys not to do the same. Um, another interesting question uh, that was posted in the uh, in the group, you know, and add, your, add yourselves, too, if you're not in there already, friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group, you know, great conversations, great discussions uh, from, a, from a spiritual standpoint, but about worldly issues, worldly issues, real issues, relationship issues, but just from a, you know, a biblical standpoint. Um, my, one of the questions was, would you block someone if your spouse wanted you? Now, this is a very interesting question that I, that, I, uh, that I came across. You know, if you look, and we look at social media, one of the things I did was 
a few years ago, I did a, uh, well, actually, I just rebroadcasted a show of, of uh, my special War Room, War Room, how to, how to build and maintain a successful relationship and successful marriage. So definitely check that out if you missed it. Uh, really good movie, really good show where I discuss exactly the components needed to maintain a, a successful relationship, and but specifically a, a successful marriage. And an in-depth analyzation of the of the film and the characters and the storyline in it, really good movie. But one of the things that um, and I what I said about that question was that you know there's a lot of jealousy in in dating, and and because there's a lot of jealousy in dating, you know a lot of people start dating after sex. Let's you know let's keep it. You know you meet somebody. You know, you, you're feeling them, you're attracted to them. You go out a couple of times and maybe go out once or maybe don't go out at all, and you end up having sex. And so you enjoy that, that experience, right? And so you want to keep doing that experience. You want to have more sex. But, you know, you don't want to be, as we say here in Philly, you don't want to be drawn, you know what I mean? You don't want to be inappropriate. So, you know, you don't want to just, oh, yeah, come on over and have sex. So, you know, you do different things. Right? Maybe go get something to eat, maybe go to the movies, maybe talk on the phone, text a little bit. So now you're quote-unquote dating, but you're not really dating, are you? You're having sex. And so when you're, just ha- when you're having sex, you've opened up your body to soul ties, and you've opened up, you know, different, different emotions. And one of those emotions naturally is going to be jealousy. Because remember, the relationship and the, or the situation is not rooted in God. It's not even rooted in actual genuine interest. It's basically rooted in a soul tie. It's rooted in sex. It's rooted in a sexual experience. And so you you end up in a situation where you're just sleeping with each other, but you still have these emotions. You have these feelings, these, you know, this jealousy. You know, you, you know, so, oh, you come over tonight? Oh, no, I'm chilling tonight, bro. I'm going out with the homies. Oh, you're going out with the homies? You're going, going to go sleep with another chick? It's like, what? You know, and the person might actually be going out with his friends or she might be going out with her friends, but because you guys have this soul tie where you're connected, one of those emotions is going to be is going to be often jealousy, in most cases jealousy. And so I think what we have to do is understand that piece of it first. The jealousy piece is just the, fir- you know, the, fir- the, the first part of it. You know, now once you get into, in many cases, you get into an actual relationship, you know, so we're no longer just dating. The je- and the funny thing is, a lot of times, watch this, the relationship comes about not because you love each other, not because you, you, you know, can't stand to not be around that person, but you get into a relationship based on the fact that you're both jealous. You know, right? I and mean, let's keep it real. You, now you have this actual commitment. You have this title. So if he goes out with someone else, if he sleeps with someone else, it's not just what he did. It's at that point now it's cheating. So it's like, wow, I don't even want to be with you. But because we have this soul tie and I have this jealousy, right, I don't want you to be with anybody else. So we're now we're together, but only because I don't want you being with someone else. That's how so many relationships start. And so, with, so as time goes on, months turn into years, weeks turn into months, you know, you're not even – really into that person, you're fighting, you're arguing, you really are unhappy, but in many cases, you you stay just because of the ding, 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 the jealousy. The jealousy 
not of being together, but of the result of not being together. So now that you're not together, that person is going to go sleep with someone else. That, you know, the other person is going to sleep with someone else. So you don't want that. So that's the main reason you're staying, to prevent yourself from feeling the jealousy and the hurt and the pain and the heartbreak and resentment about not being with that person. Not You're not staying with them because you love them and you really want to be with them. In fact, being with them in many cases is hell, right? And so the which leads me back to the actual question. The question, you know, you see how I did that? I had to lay down the foundation because until you understand the foundation of how these relations even get started, that you can't fully understand the context of, of the question. So the question is, if you were in a relationship, would you block someone on Facebook, on social media, if that person asked you to? And now, see, now you see how it goes back to the, the whole foundation of this thing, which is jealousy. The only reason, this, you guys got to understand this, the only reason anyone would ask you to block someone on social media is because of jealousy. I mean, think about it. What, what possible reason could you have to block someone? Like, that, like, it's not you feeling like, yo, this person makes me uncomfortable, you know what I mean, so I'm going to block them. I've blocked some people for being disrespectful and different things like that. I'm sure I've been blocked too. In fact, I know I've been blocked, you know. But the that's that person doing it. That's me doing it. That's not someone asking me to do it. So there's no problem with if you, you know, you choose to block someone. If someone is asking you to block someone, let's really think about that. On social media, that, that first and foremost, that means that someone is on your friends list to begin with, right? This is a friend of yours. This is a Facebook friend, an acquaintance, an associate on some level, in some capacity that you are okay with being there. See, for me, I don't have anybody on my friends list that I don't like. If I don't like you, you're not on my friends list. And if you, if you don't like me, you, if you're only on there because you haven't revealed to, your, you know, to me that you don't like me. But I don't have people around me that I don't, you know, I don't like or I feel like don't like me. And so, the person is only on your friends is because you like them and, you, you know, you, you're cool with them. So which means that you feel as though they haven't done anything to disrespect you. But watch this. If you're in a relationship, right, if you're in a relationship and, and, you, and, and so that still means if someone's disrespecting you or your relationship, then it's still disrespect. So if the person is an active member of your friends list, then that means they haven't disrespected you and they haven't disrespected your relationship. Otherwise, you would have, re- you would have removed them. So if it's gotten to the point of, and this is what I, the point that I'm making, if it gets to the point where the person, your, your quote-unquote mate or your spouse or whatever, someone, not just delete them. Because we're not just talking about deleting, we're talking about blocking them. You guys know blocking and deleting are two different, very different things. If they ask you to block them, that means that they see something that you either don't see or you don't want to see. Or that person is struggling with some severe uh, trust issues, which, as we've established, is very much so possible based on the foundation of, of, of the relationship, of, of, the, of the situation, how it, how it started. 
Remember, all this stuff usually starts with sex. There's never usually like a strong foundation rooted in Christ. Right? So I guess my point with all this is, you know, to answer the question, should you block someone if, you're, if your mate asks you to? Well, my answer is it should never get to that point. Because you should already, if there's a problem, you should already have deleted that person. You should already have blocked that person. My wife has never asked me to delete anyone or, or, or block someone, and I've never asked her to delete someone or block someone. Why? Because it's never been an issue. There's never been anyone who I have allowed to disrespect me or my relationship or, or someone who has, who she's allowed to disrespect me or the relationship. So it's, you see how that works? You have to police your own Facebook page. It shouldn't be someone else watching your page and seeing something inappropriate. You know, and if that's the case, then that means you're not doing your job because it's already gotten back to that mate. So you guys have to realize you should be the ones protecting that person. You have to protect your mate from those types of feelings. You have to do everything in your power not to allow them to feel any type of jealousy or insecurity based on your actions or the actions of others with you. You guys see how that works? So when you do all these things, you know, in a perfect world, you know, you're you're not going to have these types of problems. You're not going to have your mate asking you to, you know, block. I want you to block that person. But what we often see is, what this really comes back to is, let's keep it real, is someone, because the relationship wasn't found in anything, you were probably dipping and dabbing, having sex with that person, flirting with that person, that person receiving mixed signals, in doing what they do, causing issues. So now, you know what I mean, that, the, the mate, your mate is uncomfortable, and they're, they're forced to step in. They want you to do something that, because, that you most likely don't even want to do because you're sleeping with them and enjoy flirting with them and have this whole little thing. And really, are, in many cases, are looking at that person as some form of backup plan, you know, insurance plan. Remember that back in the day? How many of y'all had insurance plans? Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, that was a thing back then. That was really a thing. Like, you know, I was, yo, what's up with you? You got a, you got a boyfriend? Well, yeah, I got a boyfriend, but you can be my insurance. You know what I'm saying? Just in case. Like, okay, all right, that's cool. That's what's up. Like, you know, that's how women really did it back in the day. So it's like, oh, when things don't go well, you got your standby. That's why, you know, some of y'all, I'm talking about high school. That's what what girls did back in the day. Some of y'all doing that at 35 years old. Yeah, he's he's my insurance. He's my my standby. How are you 40 years old and you got a standby? You know what I mean? So just think about these things. These are games you don't want to play. These are situations you don't want to, you know, find yourselves in. All right, guys. Let me get ready to wrap it up. You know, but like I said, man, this is, you know, this whole election season, as it comes to a close, I'll probably do a few more shows prior to the election. But um, I'm, I'm going to try to get away from spending as much time talking about it because, believe it or not, this is the most I've ever, you guys know this, this is the most I've ever talked about politics on the Data on Tolbert show. You know what I mean? Normally it's, you know, ask Data on advice hour, relationships, emotional on the veil, you know what I mean? Like all that type of stuff, you know. But um, obviously this is something that a lot of people are passionate about, something I've become passionate about, just seeing how passionate other people are about it. So um, no, I, I wanted 
at least devote a few shows to it. But, you know, in the coming weeks, I'm going to definitely get back to I have so many topics, so many different topics that I want to spend more time on, more Ask State on Advice questions, more, more, uh, more issues, more radio that matters. So I want to thank you guys for listening in. And uh, like I said, uh, continue to download the archive shows. A lot of shows are archived. I haven't been playing the archive shows um, at 9 o'clock. Uh, like I have, I may get back to that next month though, but I'll keep you posted on that. But for now, I've just been doing the live shows. But understand, the archives are, you know, they're there. They're on iTunes, DaylonTolbertShow.com. Any shows you've missed, you know, they're all there. So check them out, enjoy them, and um, I will see you guys next time. <laughs>